Levels, levels. Levels, levels. Is that better this week? Yes. Okay. Looks much better. Excellent. So, you know, last week you said you needed to find the name for a tangent on a tangent. Are are we at actually already? No, just, well, wait, may, maybe. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, did you find something? Because, because I, I didn't. Yes. I, I found that there's no such thing. Really? No. Yeah. A, a tangent is the point where a straight line touches a curve. Okay. So a tangent on a tangent doesn't work. Right. But interesting thing about that, mathematically, you know, in maths, a curve is a line or an outline that gradually deviates from being straight. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So, so a curve is basically anything that is, that is not straight. So how does it define straight? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked. A straight line clearly done my research here. A straight line is defined in mathematics as Y equals MX plus C. I mean, wow. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty interesting. I thought so. It, so in this equation, C is the height where the line crosses the Y axis. But in physics, here's the interesting part. Toddlers. I promised I would get there in physics. C is the speed of light, which of course is most famously expressed in E equals MC squared. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but wait, okay. In the Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, which, which is yet a different C than the one we just talked about. What are we even talking about? Oh, about how I was right. You're right about what? Oh, I think we just proved that a tangent of a tangent exists, or more precisely, a tangent of a tangent of a tangent of a tangent exists. I see. Welcome to Talking to Todd, weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Friends, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I, I just know I'm. we're probably both getting eye rolls right now in whatever trucks we happen to be driving. That was a really long walk off of a really short pier. <laughs> Into the sea. <laughs> into, into the sea. <laughs> the, the Pythagorean theorem, you know, with a, the right angle and the opposite side, right? So, you know, so in nature, do you know how this is demonstrated when geese fly in a V? Together. Right, Sorry. together. Sorry, I... That's ducks fly together. My fault. I, we've watched a lot of Mighty Ducks. <clears throat> no, geese. Geese, geese flying right. a V, ducks fly together. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for Lindsay. She loves the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> so when they're flying like that? Yeah. And one side is longer. Do you know why that is? Because there's an extra goose on the other side. 
That's right. Do you know what the longer side is called? No. That's the hypotenuse. Look, we 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 got away with one barely, but <laughs> but not two. Thanks, Eli. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Eli. Should we get to feedback, follow up, and updates? <laughs> yeah, I think we better. Uh, Sherry sent us a photo. Yeah. She and Greg are on vacation and hiking in Bali. And I'm guessing Greg took this picture, but it's Sherry next to a sign that says toddler pool. Uh, And the small type says children must be supervised by an adult. (laughs) It was nice. She was checking in, letting us know, by the way, apparently there's there's facilities for the toddlers (laughs) in, in Bali if anybody wants to go there. Uh, also got a little bit of feedback from Doug from the educated idiots, the idiot toddlers over there. Did you, we've had a lot of food truck content on our podcast. Yes. I think more than I thought we would have when we started this podcast. I, I can absolutely agree with that. Yes. <laughs> but less than I think we're probably going to have before the podcast is through. Also true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To wit, Dan has apparently for years talked about starting a food truck. Really? And what he would do and what he would serve, you know, kind of a side hustle in the summer when he's not teaching or, you know, on the weekends when he's not teaching or coaching or whatever. But Dan thinks that having a food truck is a fantastic idea. And at this point, Doug says, dude, I've given you all the reasons you shouldn't do it. Let's go. So, (laughs) but Doug thought that perhaps we should package up all of our food truck content over the Mm -hmm. last three years into, you know, like its own little episode just for Dan. <laughs> so we do a one-off food truck clip show for Dan. For Dan. That's that's Doug's idea. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say yes and. We will do that. And by we, I mean Dwayne. We will do that. <laughs> but I think we've been talking about how the great food truck race is losing a little bit of its pizzazz because I mean, they're just driving around like three blocks in LA and they're kind of phoning it in. Here's my, this is now becoming a challenge podcast. We'll put together that clip show and send it to Dan again. Thank you, Dwayne. But what I want to see is Dan and Doug on the great food truck race, running that food truck with cameras And Dwayne, I think you should be, because they always have three people. I think you would be the ideal third person to crew with them. I also see your role on that as sort of the, is from Jim of the office. You would be that for Dan and Doug. So when Dan says, I know it's 116 degrees out in LA, but we're, damn it, we're going to serve chili. You just look at the camera with that look of like, well, he's the boss. We all know how this is going to (laughs) go. (laughs) 
Oh, buckle up, toddlers. Here we go. Oh, man. I can just see it like the side of the truck. Educated idiots and tots. <laughs> anyway, they can work on that. That's theirs, but they can work on that. All right, did, you catch, did we catch anything else? Any other feedback? Nope. Nope. So thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Doug and Sherry. Awesome. Uh, corrections? I think we already had one. Anything else? Well, I, I think we actually, I think I corrected the correction. So you, yes, that this, oh, no, uh, um, actually for this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about some follow-up? Just, just wanted to sort of, uh, uh, close the loop on this one. The, in, in the entire length of this podcast, we went from not owning an RV trailer to buying an RV trailer, towing an RV trailer hitting things with an RV trailer. <laughs> I wondered if we were going to go there. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Backing the RV trailer in next to the house. And I use the term backing in very loosely to as of, as of Saturday, we, we sold the RV trailer and uh, did the handoff to the couple that, that drove up from California to get it and uh, did the walk around. It was 107 degrees and I am outside showing them, well, here's where you put your water in and here's where the furnace works. And anyway, the, 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 the RV is now gone and, uh, we are, we are now back to the same level of RV trailers we had when we began, uh, we began this show. So anyway, no more content coming from that trailer or any trailer for at least a while. Is owning a trailer much like owning a boat? There, there are two great days. The the day you buy it and the day you sell it. <laughs> yep, those are the days. <clears throat> I mean, you know, we we you know we we enjoyed our time with it. Little less the ripping off of the awning before it ever got parked for the first time, and some of the towing and and all of the backing up. I mean, all of that's good. That's gone now. So. But, <laughs> you know, learned a lot. And uh, yeah. Did you keep the welcome mat? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. I still, we still have the welcome mat. Okay. And we still have the mug that says, I apologize for anything I said while we were backing up the trailer. Yes, yes. those, <laughs> we have those. There, there may be potentially next year, not for the rest of this year, because we've got some, we've got some additional trips planned. So that doesn't make any sense to go buy something and park it. We may next year look at buying maybe a smaller one, little, little easier to maneuver. So we kept a number of things actually that could be useful in the next, in the next trailer. But yes, we did. We did keep the welcome mat. So yes, thank you. Welcome. Uh, I had I had two quick items under follow up. Okay. We we've been covering schedule releases. Yes. Did you see the F1 calendar came out today? I did not. Did I miss did I miss the show? Yes, clearly hours and hours of Yeah, it was a tweet. <laughs> yep. Roger, oh, well, that's why that's why nobody read it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Roger, that's how you can do it. Doesn't have to be a big production. You can just let people know what's going on. Yeah, but that doesn't. I mean, if 
F1 takes every, F1 looks at what every other sport does and says, you know what, we, we can make that 10 times more expensive, 10 times more pomp and circumstance, and 10 times more boring. So I'm surprised they haven't looked at what the NFL does and, well, and, they, and just they got the, taken it up a notch. They got the first one and the last one right. They nailed it. <laughs> it's absolutely boring. Yep. Uh, and then we've covered on this show uh, about what it is that Subway actually puts in their tuna sandwiches. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, there was a there was a lawsuit that was using some DNA to determine what may or may not be in what they call tuna. Yes, we we can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that there's no tuna in our tuna sandwiches per Subway. But this this press release came out actually also today that a big change is coming to Subway restaurants. They're going to start slicing their meats in-house at the counter, which is something that Jersey Mike's does and Firehouse does and Sub City, my all-time favorite sub of all time. And Sub City. Uh, and and old uh the sandwich shop run by old three finger Willie. Yes, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so Subway is going to start doing that. They're intending to put their $6,000 meat slicer front and center and slice meat several times a day rather than, do you know how they've been doing it? No. Slicing and packaging the meat in a warehouse and then shipping it across the country to each store. Yeah. I'm. That's what I assumed, but I thought if you're asking me, there must be, oh, no, no, that's okay. That's the way we thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you said that though, when you prefaced it with, with, do we know what's in the, in the tuna? And then you said they're going to do this. What, what went through my mind is literally reaching into the freeze, into the fridge and pulling out a whole tuna and then just running that through the meat slicer and putting a couple of slices of tuna on your sandwich scales and all, well, you know, it's fresh. So stop your bitching. <laughs> we're playing, we're playing golf. I was playing golf this week. And Al says, why don't we just feed the mayonnaise to the tuna? <laughs> right? What would he shoot on that hole? 220, 221, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two classic Michael Keaton references right there. <laughs> Hey, by the way, quick real-time follow-up before we move on. While yes. you were talking about Subway, uh, a software update just popped up on my screen. Uh -oh. Sound Source, which is what I use to route all audio in and out of my computer, yes. is letting me know that I have version 5.6.0 is now available as a free update. Do you want to install it now? Quick question. Would you like me to hit that button right now or not? I think we should wait. Okay. All right. I'll hit the skip for now. Okay. Okay. Does that lead <laughs> us to Todd's tech corner? You know what? It, it could real quick, uh, 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 brought to us by the Taylor center for technology policy. Thank you. 
there's all sorts of stuff to going on. Apple is continuing to release beta software for the phone, the iPad, the watch, whatever. I'm guessing the public betas are coming out soon. One thing that everybody should be looking forward to for beta software for the iPhone. They announced at Worldwide Developers Conference in June that the next version of the iPhone software, they they never used AI, they never used the word AI or any of that stuff, but the methodology, the the formulas and stuff behind chat GPT, they took that and put it into the iPhone's autocorrect system and said that your autocorrect, when you type on your keyboard, your autocorrect system has basically been rewritten and will be significantly better and will now learn from you that as you type and you make mistakes and you correct it, it will learn how you mistype or miss letters and it will get better and better as it goes. Because by the way, the old version, it used everybody. So if, so if everybody misspelled a word, the autocorrect would actually misspell it for you. Weird thing. Anyway, people who've gotten the first betas have said that that feature Apple undersold how good it is and that it's like having a brand new keyboard on your phone and that it is amazing of how much better autocorrect is. So uh, when that comes out in probably late September, that might be the reason to upgrade immediately. Also, along it, you'll also be able, it will stop autocorrecting as uh, as Craig Federighi from Apple said, sometimes you just want to type a ducking message and it will allow you to do that. <laughs> nice. Yes. So <clears throat> Anyway, also along Tech Corner, I'm just going to throw this out here so I can write it off next year. I think we should become, I mean, we, we, you know what? I think as we think about the future of this podcast, what do you think about it? How about we become like the number one Apple Vision podcast that goes, that does a deep dive into Apple Vision, the goggles, the headset thing that they announced that, that talks about it weekly about, about, what it can do, what it can't do, what it's good at, the new applications. What do you, what do you think about that? It sounds to me like you're going to need to purchase one so that well, you can do some research. Well, now that you mention it, that would be helpful if yep. we have the number one podcast on that. Yes. I may have to get one. Yeah. Huh. I'd probably write that off, though. You probably could. Yeah. yeah. Is it more yeah. or less than the e-bike I'm writing off? way more <laughs> way more okay $3,500 oh I didn't spend that much on my e-bike <laughs> yeah yeah okay there we go I'm just gonna leave that there and we, we may return to that or realistically we will never speak of we'll, this again because once once somebody gets caught up on this podcast we will not become the number one Apple Vision podcast <laughs> you got about three weeks to get that done yeah yeah noted uh, how about some hot damn updates? We are closing in on uh, ToddCon 2 hot damn. Yes, we are. Uh, when last we spoke, you you had made two significant purchases. 
Thanks, Eli. An electric bike and a jersey. <laughs> on on opposite ends of the financial spectrum. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if you average them out between the two of them, you haven't like, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are no Trek shorts, but hey, what can I say? Yeah. The, so my $3 jersey arrived. I have put it on. It does fit. I don't seem to experience any chafing, Sherry. You know, I guess, I guess you can always hold out hope. I did ride the e-bike today for a while. Okay. How did that go? I didn't crash it. We're going to take that as a win. My plan is to only use the assist uh, sparingly up hills mm. and on one. There's There are levels of zero through five. Zero would obviously be zero assist. And then you can set it. And I mean, if you put it on five and it goes really fast, the battery obviously has a much shorter shelf life. So my plan is to set it on one only use it when I really need it and see how that goes. So I'm starting to log my knee held up. Okay. Today. And so I'm starting to log at this point blocks, not miles, but I did ride the bike. today. So this is, um, over the last couple of days, I, I took my bike out trying to get more miles on, did a back to back days of 25 mile rides. Wow. Just to start getting some seat time. The second day I decided to go back out to the state park with the big, the four mile long hill that I didn't make uh-huh. up. And I went out there, did have to, did have to take a little breather, but eventually made it up the hill, bit the whole circuit. Anyway, I came back and Lisa said I was right. I said, man, that was, that was tough. And I said, what really sucks is when you are because my bike's older, it, it doesn't have a ton of, it doesn't, it only has uh 16 gears, which seem like plenty, but boy, I could, I could use some lower gears. Cause either I don't have the legs for the gears I have, or I don't have the gears for the legs I have. Cause <laughs> at one point I, I was <laughs> for about a mile, I was going so slow that I don't know how I, I, I like literally somebody walking would have walked past me uh, because I was barely just going up the hill and it was just fine. I just got to do this. Meanwhile, a couple of yahoos on e-bikes go zipping past me as I am just sort of this like suffering and just trying to make it up this hill without throwing up. And I'm telling Lisa this and she goes, people with e-bikes are the worst. They're just jerks. And I said, you haven't caught up yet. Have you? (laughs) No. Well, this should be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Those people with e-bikes, they're the worst. Absolutely. Can't stand those idiots. By the way, on a completely unrelated note, uh, at one point after watching them, uh, watching all those people whiz right past me and I was still barely moving. Whoa, I was whoa, thinking, whoa, whoa. If you're whizzing on Ragbri, you need to be in the field. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Yeah. Those are, that's a rule. As they were flying past me. Thank you. This thought did cross my mind. Huh? wonder where I'd attach the tow rope onto the back of Dwayne's bike. <laughs> <laughs> I did, by the way, I did order a couple of things 
Uh, I, I ordered, I, I actually got around to Lisa kept saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. Cause it's getting, it's getting late. It's getting late. I, I ordered the box to, uh, put my bike in to take on the airplane so I can take a bike with me. So there, I just paid for a cardboard box to be shipped to me so that I can then put a bike in it to load on an airplane to take with me to Des Moines. That almost feels like a tangent on a tangent. or a hat on a hat (laughs) yeah let's uh, yeah oh and uh we had the whole discussion about we had a discussion about the the clipless pedals which are actually you clip into your clipless pedals yes and um and how that was the cause well that was it was a mitigating factor of my zero mile an hour crash the 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 leading cause was operator error slash i'm an idiot but but the clipless pedals did I started to get a little concerned because I'm doing all of my writing by myself. And, and one of the things you remember about Ragbri is there are people constantly around you. And if there's going to be a hundred thousand people, it's going to be a mess. And what you don't want to do is have the person in front of you stop. And then you run right into the back end of them within the first mile or two, for instance. What kind I of just, idiot does that? I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, is you, you just have to make it five miles outside of Ames to set a new personal record. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold your breath. Are we taking bets? Are we taking bets on this over under on how long crash into the first person in front of him? Not if, when, which mile. (laughs) So, so I was a little concerned though because I'm now thinking <laughs> I, I fell over by myself clipped in and now there's going to be people all around this could be a problem and should I get rid of the clipless pedals for this but at the same time they are much more efficient and so uh I actually ordered today a uh there's uh some pedals they're they're for mountain bikes but they're going on my road bike on one side has the clip that you can put your shoe into and the other side of the pedal is flat with no clip. So you can get the best of both worlds and pick which side of the pedal you want to use for which occasion. So anyway, uh, there you go. Yeah. I, it was either that or buy a lot more elbow pads, knee pads, (laughs) One of those big collars to protect your neck from whiplash. So I just decided the pedals would look would look better. <laughs> That's where 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 are we at on the rundown? Oh hey. Oh I don't no, I don't know. I don't think we're I don't know where we're at. Where are we? That's right. You ready for this? You know what? Sure. Let's do this. Let's dance. It's time for Todd Ought to Know. Something that Todd... What's that? This is going to go so poorly. Uh, So this is about F1. Okay. So you've got a fighting chance. All right. Did you watch the race this last weekend? I watched the cars go around the track. I wouldn't call it a race. That's accurate. So I didn't. But Amy did. But then I saw this note on Monday okay. that the results were set to change. So what you thought the final standings were 
changed five or six hours after the race finished. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Do you know why that was? I mean, penalties were assessed. Do you know what the penalties that were assessed were for? Exceeding track limits. Yes. And we're not talking about going too fast. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're talking about painting outside the lines, as it were. Literally, outside Li- the lines. Yes. Literally, outside the lines. So they penalize drivers for running outside the lines. And at one point, FIA said, we give up because there were too many violations. Did you see this story? There were too many potential violations to investigate. Do you know how many potential violations there were? I do. There were 1,200 potential violations that they needed to review manually via video. How many laps did they run on, on, at the Uh, race? I want to say 71. Yes. Do you know how many curves or turns there are on that racetrack? Uh, is it 17? There are just 10. No bell there. You were, you were cooking along up to this point. There are just 10. Really? I'm, I'm not fact-checking you with Google right now as we speak. Please continue. Of course, of course not. So with 71 laps and 10 turns and 20 cars, what's the percentage can you do that math in your head? What's the percentage of errors per curve? Well, <laughs> wait, now we're doing a math in your head podcast. Todd yes. ought to know how to do math in his head. Yes, that's right. Well, I mean, there's 20. So wait, there. so so my inputs are, okay, wait. Okay, what's the speed of light? Okay, so that's C. C. Okay, so now. <laughs> what, okay, but you're saying there's 10, 20 cars, 10 curves. 71 laps. Yeah. And they're they're technically called corners, not curves. Just, mm. Some of them are real corners. Actually, Some of them are curves. Yeah, I mean one of them basically the guy that was painting the line hiccuped and that became that became yes. a corner. Yes, yeah. but they count that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I don't I have no idea which percentage it is that you're looking for. Assuming that there were 1200 potentially at least 1200 violations and there were more than 14,000 curves cur- corners taken during the race there was a violation about 8% of the time that that seems about right yeah yeah and f1 just throws up his hands and said that's it we don't care whatever <laughs> This is not the first time that this has been a problem. And this is not the first time that this has been a problem at this track. True. What do they do at other tracks to try to keep the cars inside the lines? Okay. Well, I'm glad you asked. No, you didn't say it. I started talking. (laughs) We're here for an hour. Oh, yes. I'd love to talk about track design. (laughs) Okay. I'll do some big summary in on street circuits. You literally have Armco, <laughs> which is the metal barrier 
or some sort of, of permanent wall, including in Baku, you have the wall of a castle that oh, denotes yeah. the edge of the track. Yeah. It's very clear if you violate the edge of the track because your car is now embedded in the castle. So this isn't a problem at Monaco, Singapore, places like that. The champions, the wall of champions in Mon- in uh, Montreal, there's a big wall. Okay. At other tracks, you can do a couple of things. You can have you can you can have the runoff area start immediately and put gravel the gravel trap starts immediately where the track where the where the track ends and if you happen to go off your tire at 180 miles an hour your tire goes from asphalt to gravel that will let you know that you are not where you're supposed to be and may assist your car in going even further than where it is supposed to be or they can put in what are called sausage curbs, which are instead of low-level curbs in which you can run over, which is what the what the Austrian track has. Sausage curbs are like speed bumps that they yeah. put, which if you hit, you will know, and you may rip the entire bottom of your car out. And if you run over it too many times, it doesn't matter how many track limits, you're not going to get a penalty because you're going to break your carbon fiber suspension. Those are the main ones that they do. Yes. In in Austria, they've talked about putting the gravel pits on nine and ten, where the most egregious violations were over the weekend. Yes. Todd, F1 enthusiast, mm, yeah. track design aficionado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why haven't they done this? Why haven't they put gravel pits around curves nine and ten? Well, my flippant answer is the answer to all of your questions is money. (laughs) (laughs) However, I believe the actual answer is because F1 only races there once a year and they have a number of other races, including MotoGP, which are on motorcycles and motorcycles and gravel don't mix very well. So they have tried to keep the gravel away from where the motorcycles go. Is that? Yes. (laughs) That is absolutely the right answer. It's the motorcycles. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So no more uh, things. Things Dwayne ought to know. No more F1 questions in Todd ought to know. By the way, by the way, Dwayne. All right. Yeah. Just I'm going to flip this on you. You're the can one that we, brought it up. Can last... we talk about NASCAR in Chicago now? Oh, go ahead. Let me let me ask you. Okay. So one last question. Everybody's like, no, please. Let's let this thing go. In F1, in order to get a penalty of five seconds, how many times must you exceed be caught exceeding track limits before you ever get the five-second penalty? Because all these drivers were like, I can't believe I got a five-second penalty. It's so hard to drive around this track, which, by the way, they're paid millions or tens of millions of dollars a year. And at Monaco, they talk about how these drivers, it's amazing how they can get their cars millimeters. These people are the greatest racing drivers ever. And then you get to this track and there's a big ass white line that they can't, I can't see it. I can't possibly stay on the track. You know what? They should move it. How many times must you be penalized before, um, must be caught exceeding track limits before you get a five second penalty? 71 laps. 10 curves five 
you are penalized on your fifth one. You get three warnings over the radio. On your fourth one, they throw a black and white flag, which tells you if you do it again, you will get a penalty. So you only start accumulating penalties on the fifth one. So for all of the drivers who got penalties, they didn't just make a mistake once or twice or three times. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you again. I'm going to warn you. Now I've got a flag to warn you. Okay. You forced me into it. Oh, that's so unfair. Why can't you give me some more chances? Bunch of teenagers are driving the cars. So moving on. Yes. This is not taught out of no, but since we're talking about motorsports. Yes. Watch the uh, NASCAR race in Chicago over the weekend. Yes. Talk about that. We probably should have put this in follow up. Yes. When's the last time you watched a NASCAR race, by the way? It was it was back when they went zip, 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 zip to change the tires. Mm, yes. With five lug nuts as opposed to the single locking lug nut. Yes. It's, so it's been at least two years because they started that last year. I would bet it's been at least five years since I watched an NASCAR race. Okay. Okay. And what did you think? There was actual racing going on. I'm like, hey, F1 could take a lesson from these guys because <laughs> this is exciting. And the the passing and the racing was happening up at the front. Yeah, so, they're allowed. They're allowed yeah. to pass up there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. As opposed to, oh, we've got some action going on back between 14 and 15 <laughs> that nobody gives a rip about. Nobody knows who these two drivers are, and they're going to be fired by next year anyway. But let's focus on them for the next 10 minutes. So Because that's where the action is. Because otherwise, yes. Ma- Max is 20 seconds ahead or, you know, five seconds ahead because he had to come in to switch tires so that he could get the fastest lap. <laughs> Fine, so whatever. So what I will tell you now that you're watching more F1 and now that you started to watch NASCAR, uh, by the way, running at one point early in the race, it had also rained in Chicago. So now you had a wet road race with cars that weigh a lot more than formula one cars. That was just spectacular. People were just sliding off and into things. The same, the one guy got stuck under the same tire barrier three times. The Baconator guy. Yeah. The Baconator guy. Like, dude, just hit some (laughs) other tires. And at one point, though, early on in the race, they were like, oh, my goodness, you know, the when they got a few laps in, they said the leader of the race is averaging 75 miles an hour around this street circuit in Chicago. And my thought was, that's amazing. That's only 10 miles, uh, 10 miles slower than the average Chicago cab. <laughs> Can you please slow down, please? I know I need to make my plane, but I need to be I, my, I have children. And we're watching, and we're watching, and we're like, Amy, oh, this isn't Chicago traffic. And then there's a pileup. That's Chicago traffic. The whole thing just came to a halt. Just, there, <laughs> we're done. Yep. Sideways, right there on Lakeshore Drive. Not a problem. Yep. I will say, it, parts of it were, it was really cool, because we've spent a lot of time down there. Uh, when they came over the hill uh, on Balbo, headed west, the Hilton is on the left and the Blackstone is on the right. We've stayed at both of those hotels. You know, they're coming down 
Lakeshore Drive going south and you're looking at the Field Museum and you could almost kind of see Soldier Field, not that you would really want to, but you can almost, I mean, it's just, it, for me, I thought that part was really cool. What what I will tell you, the advice I will give you, having watched decades worth of Formula One, watched NASCAR, watched IndyCar, there, there is a, here's a guide, Dwayne, for you and anybody else. If you really want to watch the most interesting parts of the race that have the most impact on the outcome, in Formula One, you have to watch the beginning of the race. If you only have a limited amount of time, watch the beginning of the race. And then at some point you can just walk away because you've seen about 90% of the interesting thing that's going to happen. That's already determined the outcome of the race. Watch the first five laps, 10 laps, whatever you're good with NASCAR. You watch the end of the race because the first four and a half hours, there's plenty of, I mean, there's, there's passing. There is, there are accidents, there's barrel rolls, there's fires, there's people fighting yeah, yeah, there's all of that. But you can go four or five laps down in a NASCAR race and be right there for the win at the end. So Formula One, start at the beginning and then fall asleep. NASCAR, fall asleep at the beginning and wake up for the end and you will get the you'll get the best of both parts of the series. That's some, that's some outstanding commentary. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's move on. Toddler's thinking, yes, let's move on. Oh, idiots. Scott Frost Memorial Idiot of the Week. Why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I don't know if you heard last week, United Airlines was having some trouble getting people where they needed to go. Um, they originally said it was due to FAA, and uh, but it was, it was due to, they had a lot of bad weather around all their hubs. Mm-hmm. But they were impacted more than every other airline. CEO United CEO Scott Kirby was uh, near Newark, which is one of their hubs, and yeah. he needed to get to Denver, which is another hub. So he did what any airline CEO who has access to over uh, a fleet of more than 700 airplanes did. He chartered a private jet to get him from Teterboro to Denver on the exact same day that United canceled 751 flights. Scott, (laughs) buddy, (laughs) bad look. After people pointed that out, quote, taking a private jet was the wrong decision because it was insensitive to our customers who were waiting to get home. I sincerely apologize to our customers and our team members who have been working around the clock for several days, often through severe weather to take care of our customers. Yeah. Anyway, he regrets that he is distracted from the professionalism of the people, and he promises to better demonstrate my respect for the dedication of our team members and the loyalty of our customers. What that tells me is the next time he does that, he's going to book it under somebody else's name so he doesn't (laughs) embarrass people. Way to go, Scott. (laughs) Did you learn something? I absolutely learned something. I don't fly this airline. (laughs) How about you? Who do you got? I I brought my standard three. Getting back in the groove. Back in the groove. Story number one, who are the chefs? Okay. Story number two, give him his props. All right. And story number three, dude, that's on you. When you said, who are the chefs? The only thing that comes into my mind is the Snickers commercials. So I'm going to go with number two, give him his props. 
The Colts running back, Isaiah Rogers. That guy. Former Colts. Former, former Colts running back. Corner. Secondary. Sorry, yes. He was suspended by the NFL indefinitely. Yes. For wagering. Yes. One of the wagers that he made was a $1,000 bet on the over-under by rushing yards by a Colts running back in a game that he was playing in. Yeah. He made a prop bet, which is why the headline was giving his props. I mean, it's one thing, you know, my buddy's playing for the Chiefs and I play for the Packers and we're in different leagues and the games are on different days and none of this has anything to do with... You know, I can throw a thousand dollars on that game, and and it doesn't. It's something completely different to be betting on a game, Pete, that you're but, participating in. Now, one on one hand, because he plays on defense, he can't out. He can't affect the outcome directly of that prop bet. On the other hand, he could not he, tackle. Well, that's true. All. Although in that case, if he doesn't tackle, uh, they're going to get down by a lot. Oh yeah. I can. I, yeah. Okay. Yes. He, he can influence it in some ways. He also knows what the game plan is. He might know that the game plan is we're only going to run 10 times. So, so they're they're Yeah. They're, that's not good. That's not, that's a, there are people who are being suspended by the NFL for betting on sports because they bet in the locker room or in the team facility some of which have sports books in the actual facility they were betting in. Right. And they were betting on completely different sports and they're getting busted saying, I don't even understand the rule. You're not allowed to bet on games that you're in. That's a pretty good, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of gray. So there's no gray here. Yeah. Yeah. And my assumption is he got cut not because they're going to be without his services for the next year. It's because when they found out what he did, they said, look, if you can't figure out not to bet on the game that you're participating in, there's no way you can understand the intricacies of your role in cover two. Ooh, cover two. Yeah, I should put some, I should put 50 bucks on the cover two. No, <laughs> Isaiah, knock, knock it off. No. <laughs> Oh, you watch anything good? We're still working our way through the bear. Have you guys finished it? No, we have not. I think we're four in. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I've heard six is really good, but I don't know anything. But I've heard six is really intense this season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is. Lisa's comment, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. Lisa's comment of six was, how do you even film that or be an actor in that? And I said, forget that. I don't even know how you write that. Wow. Anyway, I think we've got two episodes left. Man, it's 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 a good show. It is such a good show. Also, we watched last night, uh, we watched the most recent The Grand Tour. So uh, with Jeremy Clarkson and uh, James May and uh, Richard Hammond, this time they they take a uh, they take a road trip from Poland to Slovenia, I think. 
rumor rumor is that I think they're getting close to being done with these big trip things. And if there's going to be real honest, I watched this one and went, Lisa's actually like, that wasn't that, that wasn't that good. Like there just wasn't no, you know what? Clarkson's farm is much better than this last one. So would I recommend it? Nah, you know what? Just no, just watch another. We'll just watch some Clarkson's farm. Uh, but it is what we watched. How about you? What'd you watch? We on Saturday night, we went to the civic center and saw ain't too proud. Okay. Which is the temptation story. Yeah. Of all of the jukebox musicals that I've seen. This is the best in the last 15 years. Sorry. Wait, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I I was going to say of all the jukebox musicals that I've seen, this is one of them. I mean, it would be, it's not in your top five, maybe, maybe number six. (laughs) Sorry. Thanks. (laughs) Maybe. Anyway, uh, we saw it. The music is really good. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we also then on Sunday went and saw Indiana Jones and the thing with the thing with the other thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones five. Indiana Jones. We're back for more cash. Yes. Yes. Is that what it, yeah. Yes. And, and the dialing for dollars. No, mm. no, that's not it. <laughs> the, you know what? The story is good. There's, you know, the right amount of fan service. Amy looked at me as we're walking out. I think I only fell asleep twice for just a little bit. (laughs) Did it affect (laughs) your viewing? No, not really. Didn't really need to know all of that stuff. Woke up there where now? Eh, Doesn't matter. There's still Nazis. There are. Cool. Nazis bad. Punch a Nazi. Find a thing so that you can get to the other thing so that you can get to the other thing so you can solve the puzzle. Eh. Okay, whatever. You know, you could have missed one of the things in the middle. And honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's fun. Whatever. It's it's air conditioning when it's hot <laughs> with popcorn. It's a summer movie. Uh, go see it if you like Indiana Jones. You'll like this. Did you, did you learn anything good? I, I've talked about we we got our solar system and then and then we started figuring out how how the how they're charging us and. And yeah. then I started thinking, well, this, this doesn't sound right. And and now I figured out that it's a game and we started to figure out how to play the game. Got our most recent utility bill and our base electrical rate, which is just the, the, the monthly fee to be hooked up to the system, includes zero, went from all of a sudden I look and it's $20. No. Oh, didn't, didn't it used to be 16 Did it used to be 16 Oh, what's that? Wait, can they just raise that? Like... So now it's spelunking through our, our city owns our power company. So it's spelunking through city council meeting minutes and city websites to figure out what happened. What I did find out was apparently, yes, they can change the rates. Good news. Excellent news. They, they raise the amount of money that they pay us when we put power back on the grid. So they it used to be four cents a kilowatt hour. It has gone up now to six and a half cents. So that is a more than fifty percent increase. 
And I'm like, yes, ha ha. They figured out that they were underpaying us and now we're going to get more money. And then I looked at what the other rates are and no, because they raised all of the rest of the rates. So while they raised (laughs) our rate that they pay us by two and a half cents, the rate we pay them in most categories has gone up by over three cents. (laughs) Two steps forward, one step back. One step forward, two steps back. Because if they keep giving me more money this way, I'm going to go broke. (laughs) (laughs) So you're doing it wrong. Anyway, so they... (laughs) So yes, they're going to give us a little bit more money. They raised... They raised the basic connection fee. They raised all three tiers up and they actually created another tier to put in an intermediate raise. So pretty much everything is going up. And while they have increased us, we are actually even further behind than before the increases. So yeah, this is why we bought solar to begin with. So (laughs) because, so by the way, when I say that they've raised everything else, they, the rates, well, so the connection fee went up 25% in one year, right? 16% to 20%. That's a 25% increase. And all of the rates increased by more than 30%. So when you talk in cents, it's like, oh, okay. So it's a couple more cents. Everybody in my communities their electric bill is going to go up by 30% in a single month. So at some point, you know, the pennies add up to dollars, which add up to, you know, lots of dollars. So anyway, this could have been the idiots, but this is what I learned. What I learned is I bypassed a 30% increase in my utility bill by putting a whole lot of solar panels on my roof. Yeah. Keep, keep bringing it people. Let's go. We can dance. We can do this all day. (laughs) (laughs) we have to do it all day though because at night i have to get power from you because i don't make any so i can do this all day but all night it's completely dependent upon you so let's not go nuts with the rates (laughs) (laughs) i can do this all day (laughs) how about you what'd you learn uh amy and i organized cleaned out and uh put some additional shelving in our kitchen pantry oh excellent i unloaded everything that was in the pantry actually i started out during my lunch break and unloaded stuff that was in the pantry (laughs) i'm just thinking this is how this happens you're like huh an oreo just starts with like, man, our Oreo sounds good. You know, we've got Oreos in here somewhere. No, that's not it. That's not take, it. Take one package out. That's <laughs> that's not it. And then like 15 minutes into the Oreo search, you're like, this is now like, this is, this is now a thing. Like, like I'm going to find this Oreo and you've now you're, you're just, and then, and then, and then Amy walks by and goes, Hey, thanks for cleaning out the pantry. And you go, what? I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. That. Yeah. That's exactly what yes. I'm working on. You're welcome. So I started, I started doing my lunch hour. I got about halfway done. Amy comes home. Oh, we're doing this. Yes, I guess. I mean, you bought all the stuff to do it. So she's like, I was going to take a picture before so that we had before and after. Do you want to load it all back into the pantry? (laughs) Haphazardly so that it looks just as bad as it did before. No, let's just keep going. So we just kept on going. 
unloaded everything. And like, just, we're just going to take it all out, take everything out, and then we'll evaluate. I found a Betty Crocker Delights box of boxed brownies. Better if used by 6th of October, 2017. Hmm. Okay. Did, did it have a worse by date? <laughs> worse. <laughs> And, and, and we didn't even, we didn't even try. I did unbox it, threw away the packaged mix and recycled the box. But 2017 wasn't the oldest thing that I found. I found a box of a a plastic tub of cocoa, like you would use if you were making, like baking with cocoa, right? The kind that. Oh, that smells really good. I could take a whole spoonful of. Does it taste like chocolate? No, it does not. By the way, tastes like chocolate. TikTok lies. Don't do that challenge. Do not. That's right. Best by November 13th of 2015. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's powder. I mean, it's probably okay. It was open. Oh. The unopened one expired June of June of 2015. Both of those dates, by the way, were before we moved into this house. So just be clear. Yes. They exceeded their best buy date at your previous house. Yes. So we moved them them up. You packed them up. Yes. Moved them. Yes. And unpacked them. Yes. Okay. And then stored them for the last (laughs) seven years. (laughs) Taking up valuable space where you could have, where you could have put your Oreos. Exactly. One of which unopened. (laughs) And along the same lines, had you needed cocoa at any point during that time, you would have said, Oh, Hey, we're at the store. Do we need cocoa? And you would have said, no, I'm sure we got, we got two bottles. We got two, yeah. two jugs of two, it in the two plastic tubs back at home. We're good. <laughs> no, we don't need any more cocoa, but I would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Added to the grocery list. Cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> Happy. Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast wherever you get your pods. Just search Talkin' and the number two, no Gino space. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can stop by and see us at the Toba. At the, at the Toba. The, the, to, at the Toba. Toba <laughs> City <laughs> Office. Coco, Tuba, Toba, whatever. Uh, the Tuba City Home Office. Don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our sponsors, our uh, toddler 3187. Get home safe. The toddler, the the toddler center for technology policy. (laughs) There's a lot of blocks. You put blocks and stuff. It's the Taylor center for technology policy and DJ to go to Cedar Valley. And as always, you can send us your feedback to feedback at talking to Todd.com. Todd. Those are bad expiration dates or best buy dates, but it wasn't the worst in the last week. I mean, you're, those seem bad, but but the worst one was 
we missed it on July 1st was uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. And his best buy date was 2000. <laughs> and the Mets still can't clean that out of the pantry. <laughs> so don't don't feel so bad. Then they're not gonna for like another 13 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. What's it what's the best buy in this contract? 2000. It's it's 20 it's 2032. Yeah, only a couple more years and we got this <laughs> we'll we get rid of it. Man's a genius. Oh, that could have been a follow-up. We talk about this every year. I'm glad we got it covered. We almost we almost didn't. Just had to sneak it in at the end there. Nice work. <laughs> okay. We'll be back next week. We're talking to Todd. You said you were going to put cocoa on the shopping list. No offense. I mean, you've got a bottle of cocoa you haven't touched for eight years. I'm pretty sure. Like, read the room. You're not using the cocoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, we're probably just as far ahead to not. Just wait. The grocery store will have it. That's that's. (laughs) That's some sage advice. Speaking of, also expired.